This is Ticker Symbol U, a podcast focused on highlighting advanced technologies that are transforming our lives and disrupting their competitors in the process. My name is Alex, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor. I'm just a nerd that loves sharing my personal vision of the future and putting my money where my mouth is. To learn more, find me at tickersymbolu.com or youtube.com slash tickersymboluyou. Let's start with this. If you're worried about the growth stocks in your portfolio, this episode is for you. Here are five great tips that really help me sleep at night, even when the market shows me nothing but red for months. Tip number one, be honest about your own time horizon. Here's a question that I've been asking myself a lot over the last few months. Why are people so attracted to growth stocks? I think it's because of stories like this. If you would have invested just $10,000 in Amazon at its IPO and sold it at its peak, you'd have over $18 million today. That's an 1,800x on your money in 25 years. Said another way, that's a 35% compound annual growth rate for 25 years straight. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? If we take a look at Apple stock, we would see the same thing. If you bought just a little bit of Apple stock and held it, you'd be a millionaire today. It got me invested in some kind of fruit company. And so then I got a call from him saying, we don't have to worry about money no more. And I said, that's good. Microsoft puts Apple and Amazon to shame. If you would have put $10,000 into Microsoft stock 25 years ago, you'd have around $45 million today, which would be a 40% compound annual growth rate for 25 years straight. So investing in growth stocks is pretty easy, right? You just buy them early and hold them forever. Wrong. I just showed you some of the most difficult stocks ever to hold in the market. Let's take a look at Amazon's chart again, except this time in terms of drawdowns. Amazon has dipped between 10 and 20% over 30 separate times, 30. It's dropped between 20 and 30% 15 separate times. It's dropped more than 50% at least four separate times, and it's dropped more than 90% once, which was during the dot-com crash, and it didn't make a new high for years and years. Let's take a look at Apple's returns. Apple has gone down more than 50% six separate times, three of which it actually went down more than 75%. The dot-com crash wasn't even Apple's worst crash. There was another crash that started in 1991 and lasted basically up until the dot-com bubble where Apple crashed all over again. Talk about a scary chart. And this is Apple, the biggest company in the world by market cap. We should also take a look at Tesla's charts. We end up talking about Tesla a lot because it's had a massive run-up recently. But that just makes it the latest company to do so, not the only one. That recency bias can cost a lot of investors a lot of money. Everyone also talks about how volatile Tesla is, but compared to the charts I just showed you, it's really not that bad. Let's take a look at Tesla's return over time. We can see the same basic thing. If we would have invested $10,000 in its IPO, we'd be millionaires today, just like with Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and Google. That's the growth story. Now, let's take a look at Tesla's drawdowns. Tesla's biggest drawdown was a little over 60%, and it happened during the shutdowns back in 2020, but that dip hardly lasted for four months. By comparison, Microsoft's biggest dip was after the dot-com bubble, where it lasted 17 years. You can't even really call it a dip at that point. That was just Microsoft's price. Here are the top five stocks in my own portfolio right now. Square is down around 64% from its recent all-time high. Upstart is down 75%, and Teladoc is down over 80% from its high a little over a year ago. Can they drop more? Absolutely. And I'm not saying that Upstart, Teladoc, and Square are the new Microsoft, Apple, and Tesla. I'm just saying that I'm not worried simply because their stock prices have gone down. 
I'm buying these stocks for myself because I know my own time horizon, and it's a lot longer than the average pullback on those charts. That's why knowing your time horizon is tip number one. Tip number two is to control your spending. There's no shame in staying on the sidelines and watching the market. Build up some cash. Then when you think you've spotted a good deal, you should average in your money over time instead of spending it all at once. Even though it's not always easy, averaging in is actually the simplest form of good risk management. There's a really great article called Even God Couldn't Beat Dollar Cost Averaging, and I really recommend you read it. It's a quick read, and the conclusion is that even perfectly timing the dips doesn't outperform dollar cost averaging in. That means even if you had perfect information of when each market bottom would be, you would still make less money than someone who's just slowly buying in over time. That's where the saying comes from that time in the market beats timing the market. In reality, trying to buy the dip performs way worse than this article even shows you, since we don't actually have that perfect market information about when the dips will happen in advance. Dollar cost averaging means spending the same amount of money each week or month or however often you decide to invest. When stock prices go down, your dollars go a lot further and you end up picking up more shares over time for the same amount of money. That's another reason why I'm not worried about my current unrealized losses. As the market keeps dipping, I end up buying shares of the companies I believe in for cheaper and cheaper prices, and my dollar cost average per share keeps falling as a result. I'm not trying to time the bottom. I'm staying on the sidelines, watching the market, building cash, and spending it slowly over time because I know that my dollar is going further. So tip number two is to commit to having self-control when it comes to spending your cash. Tip number three is to diversify your holdings, which can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Maybe it means picking an ETF or an index fund in an area that's very different from the individual stocks that you normally buy. For example, if you want to bet against ARK Invest, you can check out Tuttle Capital's Short Innovation ETF, ticker symbol SARK. This ETF is designed to literally move up whenever ARK-K, ARK Invest's flagship innovation fund, moves down. Year-to-date, ARK-K has moved down around 45%, and SARK has moved up around 65% as a result. Holy moly. So maybe it makes sense to have a few percent of my portfolio in this ETF as a direct hedge against my own biases and ideas. Or maybe diversification is as simple as picking one or two great stocks that look very different from the rest of your holdings. For example, if you're all in on tech stocks, maybe you start a small position in something like Costco. It's all about identifying the risks of your own portfolio and finding a few positions that help spread that risk around. Personally, I don't feel a lot of value spending a few thousand dollars on very safe stocks and index funds. That doesn't make safe stocks and index funds bad investments. They're just not what I personally focus on for my investment strategy. I like low lows just like I like high highs. That was actually really hard to say. So if you want to diversify but keep that volatility, you need to find a completely different kind of asset that doesn't usually move the same way as the stock market. To me, that means investing in the best crypto assets and blockchain projects. There are a lot of protocols out there that provide real value and solve real problems, like providing quick and cheap ways to transfer money around the world or coordinating financial services and contracts without needing to go through tons of middlemen. I know that crypto can seem like the wild west of investing to many members of my audience, so I spent a lot of time looking for one reputable exchange with a wide variety of crypto assets and services to choose from at the best pricing. 
That's why I partnered with today's sponsor, FTX US. FTX is the safe, regulated way to buy and sell Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other great digital assets. You probably saw their hilarious and incredibly historically accurate Super Bowl commercial with Larry David. Well, actually, FTX is the only leading exchange that supports Ethereum and Solana NFTs with no gas fees. That's a huge convenience. FTX also has 85% lower fees than top competitors, since there are no fixed minimum fees, no ACH transaction fees, and no withdrawal fees. On top of that, they let you earn free crypto on every trade over $10, and you can use their crypto debit card at millions of merchants around the world. That's why they're trusted by over 6 million people to buy, sell, and track their entire crypto portfolio, all from the convenience of one app. So if you're interested in signing up and learning more, feel free to use the FTX link in the description below to get started. Right now, my own portfolio is about 13% crypto, and Ethereum is my second biggest position overall. Either way, you should be honest about your investing goals and be finding the right assets to achieve them, whether they're individual stocks, ETFs, index funds, or even separate assets like cryptocurrencies. That's tip number three. Don't just pick individual stocks. Diversify according to your plan. Tip number four is to listen to a wide variety of sources, but be picky. How can you do both of those things at the same time? Let me explain. Don't just listen to one or two YouTubers. No, not even me. You should try to hear a couple different points of view each and every week. Maybe you find a couple great podcasts that cover what's happening in the world, even outside the stock market. Maybe there are a couple of authors on Substack or Seeking Alpha or Twitter that really align with how you invest and see the world. Maybe it's another YouTuber who doesn't agree with your investing ideas at all, but really knows their stuff when it comes to value stocks, day trading, dividend investing, emerging markets, options, or cryptocurrencies. The point is, no one or two content creators are going to give you the entire picture of the market because there's just way too much to cover. That's why my channel focuses exclusively on disruptive innovation. Here's something I did recently that really helped me out in this department. I unsubscribed from literally every channel that I had been subscribed to on YouTube. If you're subscribed to a thousand channels like I was, don't worry. I found an article online that showed me how to mass unsubscribe from everything all at once. After I did that, YouTube began showing me a lot of different kinds of content based on my actual browsing behavior, not on a static subscription list. It's actually pretty crazy how different the recommendations are when YouTube has to guess what to put in front of you instead of going off a list. Some of its recommendations were actually pretty good. My personal rule is if I catch myself watching the same channel three separate times, I'll resubscribe. And if they don't post more than twice a week, I'll hit the notification bell as well. That way, I'm not getting bombarded with notifications. And when I do get one, chances are it's something that will actually bring me value. Here's the thing. Finding value doesn't always mean that you agree with the content. For example, hearing a strong bear thesis on a stock that you love is much more important to your overall investing journey than hearing the hundredth bull thesis on that same stock. Will Tesla really be able to solve full self-driving in our lifetimes? Really? Okay, probably, but hopefully you get my point. That's why tip number four is to listen to a wide variety of sources, but be picky about which ones you keep listening to over time. You should treat your time like it has real value, because it does. That's why I always treat your time like an investment. Tip number five is the most important tip, and it really ties together the other four. Sometimes the answer is to do nothing. Look, I get it. You're the kind of person who's willing to watch a redheaded nerd talk about spreadsheets and microchips on YouTube week after week. When you want to get something done, you probably figure out how to do it, and then you go and make it happen. I'm the same way. But the truth is, not every challenge is yours to solve, or figure out, or even worry about. Let me prove it to you right now. 
There's a war going on between Russia and Ukraine. That war is causing economic sanctions and embargoes, which is costing consumers real money. More of those probably will happen in the coming weeks and months. The annual inflation rate is already at a 40-year high. I'm not joking, this is the highest the consumer price index has been since 1982, and the surge in actual energy costs due to the war is still in front of us. Prices for commodities like wheat and oil are up 40% or more in just a couple of weeks. At the same time, directly in the rearview mirror, there's a global pandemic that messed up a ton of businesses, not to mention the world's supply chains, which caused the Federal Reserve to print trillions of dollars over the last two years. And now, literally as I'm recording this, the Federal Reserve is having a meeting to discuss how to counteract all of its money printing by raising interest rates. Not only does all of that affect the market somehow, but we have no idea actually how much. For example, how many future interest rate hikes are being priced in today? Are they all being priced in equally, or is the market discounting the ones in the future? How much inflation is already priced into the market? Do we expect the same level of inflation one year from now? All of these are real issues that smart investors like you should be aware of. But do you think that you're going to find all the right answers, and then you're going to find all the right investments before the next crazy thing happens to shake it all up? Yeah, me neither, and that's okay. That's why tip five is knowing when it's time to do nothing except for the other four tips. Keep your time horizon in check, keep your spending in check, consider how you're diversified and protecting your downside, and keep listening to fresh opinions on what's going on, not just the same one or two voices every time. Either way, stay long, stay strong, and thanks for watching. Until next time, this is Ticker Symbol U. My name is Alex, reminding you that the best investment you can make is in you.